All right. Yes, thank you, Pastor Carpenter. Thank you, Mrs. Carpenter, for that lovely meal this afternoon. Thank you, Heritage Baptist Church, for making me and my wife and uh, five or six weeks ago, uh, Rachel and Daniel, making us feel so at home again here. Thank you for that. That does not mean that I am free of nerves standing up here, but uh, we'll seek to be a blessing. Isn't it great what God has done in Australia? We thought about uh, the idea that, uh, wow, we've been there 25 years, and we wanted to celebrate that. And we thought, well, wait, that takes away from, you know, God. So we just added on, you know, to God be the glory for all those things that have, that have happened there. In 1792, William Carey challenged England to obey their responsibility to take the gospel to unreached lands. A missionary society was formed that appointed William Carey and John Thomas to go to India. The next year, at a farewell meeting, four leaders of the society met with uh, William Carey and with some others. Now, Andrew Fuller was one of those four men, and he later described the mission to India as a few men going into a deep and unexplored mine to reach and to win the lost. He and others promised to stand by Carey to the death. He further stated that it was as if Carey had said, I will go down if you will hold the ropes. I will go down if you will hold the ropes. That's been a missionary theme or saying. It's been repeated many times uh, since then. It was a good analogy, and it still is. That phrase or something like it uh, appears often in, in missionary messages and meetings. Every missionary ought to have a similar desire, a similar passion, and a similar willingness to say, I will go. Missionaries ought to have zeal. They ought to have compassion, courage, again, that willingness and that faithfulness. But every church also ought to recognize their great responsibility to hold the ropes of missionaries. It's seen in the life of Paul and the New Testament uh, saints. And it's been a, a blessing and a privilege down through the centuries since then. We loved heritage before we ever became missionaries. But one of the many things that we still love about heritage is how you hold the ropes for your missionaries. And that's what I want to look at for a few moments this evening. Some lessons or truths related to this idea of holding the ropes. Now, it's obvious. Uh, it's, uh, th these are metaphors. Th these are real, obviously. They're 14-foot they're, uh, Walmart specials. <laughs> I think that's 4.29 meters or something like that. But uh, they represent something that we want to talk about and emphasize uh, this evening. I want to look at the length of the ropes, the strength of the ropes, the intent 
uh, of these missionary ropes that, that you're meant to be holding and then the content of these ropes. But let's pray first. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would use your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Remind us of things we may have forgotten. Help us to emphasize. Uh, we want you to emphasize in our minds and hearts things that uh, we uh, need to increase, things you want us to, to do even better than we're doing already. We pray that you'd correct us. We pray that you'd instruct us in righteousness. Lord, if there's someone here who's not saved, someone listening to this message, we pray that they would trust in your death, burial, and resurrection for them so they could be saved from their sin and from hell. Lord, we pray that you would increase the cause of missions, your cause of world evangelism. Lord, may we see tonight just a bit, a bit more than we do already, the importance of your churches. Lord, help us to to see something of your will that we can apply to our lives this evening. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to look at the length of the ropes. Uh, we can hold the ropes for a missionary or a church planter uh, in the next town over. Of your missionaries, uh, who, who are close that you would know of? Who's the closest missionary? I don't want you to answer me right now, but I want you to think about it. Of all the missionaries, nearly 200 that Heritage supports, uh, what are, who are some of those families uh, that are close uh, geographically, physically? We can hold the ropes for a missionary or church planter on the other side of the world. Of your missionaries, uh, who is uh, the farthest away or one of the farthest away? We might be... One of the farthest, we're pretty far away on the other side of the world there. The other side of the globe uh, uh, going around uh, westward, but also going southward beneath the equator. Uh, and I say we can hold the ropes, because it's going to come up a little bit later, but what we're, do uh, we're seeking to do in Australia, exactly what you're doing right here. You preach the gospel, you want to see people saved and baptized and taught in, in all things whatsoever I have commanded you that, that the Lord Jesus said. We're seeking to do the same thing uh, there in Australia. And we want to send out missionaries. We want to support missionaries. The length of the ropes could be very close, could be very far away. It doesn't matter how far away they are. What matters is that you're holding the ropes. Imagine if you were going down into a mine. Imagine if you were going down into a pit. It's dark. It might be dangerous. Uh, there might be there, uh, people there that need your help, and you've got to have uh, a security, and a, you've got to know that, that someone's holding on to you, that someone's got your back. And uh, uh, if you feel a little bit of a tug on the rope while you're going down, wouldn't that be comforting? Wouldn't that be uh, something that uh, just uh, gives you uh, an ability to maybe go deeper, do more, just knowing that someone's got the ropes? I like the analogy. Uh, as I've been thinking about this and as I've been talking about, about this idea of holding uh, the ropes, I, I'm reminded that it's exactly how we feel when we know 
that you're behind us, that you're supporting us, that you're praying for us. And we'll talk about some of the other things that you do and can do uh, while holding the ropes. But it doesn't matter how close or far away your missionary is. What matters is that you're holding the ropes. Mines and pits are all around us locally and globally. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 1, if you would, please. Acts chapter 1. You probably know the verse that I'm going to mention here. The area right around us would be our Jerusalem. A little farther out would be Judea. A little farther out might be Samaria. And it might be a place that you don't like that much. In the Bible, that was the context. In verse 8 of Acts chapter 1 is what I'm referring to and kind of reading from here. Jesus said that, uh, that the Holy Spirit would come upon believers and that they would be witnesses. And they would be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Some aren't even aware that they are in danger. Some of the people in those, uh, those uh, figurative pits and mines, uh, they're not even aware of the danger that they're in. Others are desperately seeking to be rescued, but they're looking in all the wrong places sometimes. Go a few uh, books over to 2 Corinthians, please, in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible tells us in verses 3 and 4, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, small g, talking about the devil here, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Just as a person can be dehydrated and not know it, a person can be ignorant of their spiritual need. In Proverbs 25, 25, we read a very interesting verse. It goes like this, As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And I love that verse, and the first thing that comes to my mind usually when, well, it depends on what season it is in Australia, I guess. If it's summertime, first thing I think about is cold water and how I might want a drink or something, a drink of water at that time. But the cold waters to a thirsty soul, we immediately see that it's going from the physical to the spiritual. And when we think about good news from a far country, look, it could be something good that's happening here at Heritage. Whoa, yeah, this happened or that happened. Good news from a far country. But, you know, every one of us, and by the way, if you hear something good happening in Australia, it's the same thing. Good news from a far country. But all of us, everywhere we go, we have good news from a far country, don't we? From the throne room of heaven. And there are people all around us that need it, even though they might not know that uh, they need it. The length of the ropes. What about the strength of the ropes? first thing that comes to my mind is Romans 1.16. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, when we take the gospel, whether we, uh, whether we preach it, whether we uh, deliver it to them in uh, a memorized verse, whether we give it to them in written form, uh, the gospel has the power to save. 
And I was just thinking, uh, uh, how, over the years, maybe even over the decades, how many people have we prayed, how many people has this congregation prayed for and seen them come to know the Lord Jesus? And there's not one person that we could think of that's too far gone or too hard or that cannot get saved. The strength of the ropes. It's the, the gospel. Uh, Jude 22. There's only one chapter there. We could say Jude 22 or Jude 1 22, but it's a compassion that makes a difference. That's what uh, is a part of the strength of these ropes. And of some have compassion making a difference. Aren't you glad for someone that had compassion on you and preached the gospel or gave you a tract or brought you to church or taught you how to be saved, how to grow in the Lord? The strength of the ropes includes uh, loving one another. You know, when we come to Heritage, when we visit it, uh, let me, let me tell you, we have been blessed so much on this furlough and, and on other furloughs. Uh, churches just treat us very well, and they're kind of like an extension of God just blessing us and loving us. But uh, the love that Heritage has for us is such a blessing. Uh, Jesus told his disciples in John 13, 35, by, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Faithfulness is part of the, the strength of these uh, ropes here. You know, if you sit somewhere, if you stand somewhere, if you walk around somewhere just uh, doing the same thing, and it's a good thing, handing out tracts, telling people God loves them, uh, pointing them to Christ, whatever. If you do something for uh, day after day, week after week, year after year, it adds up. It wears down some things and some people and, and some things start happening. Prayers get answered. God gets involved. God starts doing things. And faithfulness, your faithfulness here and the faithfulness of, of missionaries whose ropes you're holding, it makes a big difference. We've talked a little bit about the, the power of the gospel. Uh, what about God's power? Zechariah 4, 6. The prophet said, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's an exciting thing to see the Holy Spirit of God start working on people. It's exciting when he works in our lives, too. By the way, if the Holy Spirit starts leading you, if he corrects you or leads you out of your comfort zone, be excited about it. Uh, be be humbled that the God of the universe would stoop down so low as to speak to you. And I, I don't mean to be belittling you that much. I should have used myself in that example. Uh, when God, way up there beyond what I can see or even imagine, when he stoops down and says, hey, I want you to do this. It's like, wow, that's my God speaking to me. And it, it ought to be exciting and moving Isaiah said in chapter 59 and verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Jesus uh, told his disciples how hard it was for rich people to get saved. Boy, we spent 10 years in Sydney. I learned new vocabulary words. Yeah, Aussies speak English, but I learned some new uh, 
profanity there. Um, and they often associated with me as a yank. I'm from Miami, Florida. And they called me a yank. But uh, all of us, come visit us. Doesn't matter where, if you're from America, you'll be a yank there too. But uh, one man just took me out and said, I, I, he knew, once he knew that I was from church and I had Bible verses and I wanted to show him the way of salvation, he took me and walked a few meters and pointed to the view that he had. And he said, you think I need God? I said, you do, sir. <laughs> mm. Rich, that Sydney was a very wealthy place, it is a very wealthy place. I, I don't have time to go into all the illustrations of how the Lord led me and led my wife there and how he, uh, he just made it very easy for us to see that, that he could use us with rich people. Even though they are hard to reach, God can use us. God can use you. He can use those missionaries whose ropes you are holding to do great and wonderful things in his power. Jesus said to them, with men... It is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Talking about seeing people getting into the kingdom of heaven is exactly the context there. But seeing people saved, seeing churches planted, seeing family problems worked out, wow. We need to see some of God's power in family situations in Australia. The strength of the ropes, the gospel Compassion that makes a difference, love one to another, faithfulness, uh, God's power. How about God's plan? Let me just take a few moments and share from Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, if you would turn there. Uh, God's plan, the strength of these ropes. You're, you're holding the, the ropes of uh, missionaries, church planters. It, it's God's plan. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why more churches? Why such an emphasis on the church? Just briefly, you could have a whole message on this right here. But in Ephesians 3 verse 10, churches show God's great wisdom to all of his creation. Verse 10 says, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. It's not saying that the church would know the wisdom of God. It's saying that principalities and powers in heavenly places would know the manifold wisdom of God by the church. I don't know how that works out. Maybe angels fallen and uh, those that are serving the Lord, maybe they're watching us. Maybe they're saying amen to some of the preaching that they hear. Maybe they're wringing their hands, the fallen angels, that God's Holy Spirit working through the church and God getting glory and people getting saved and people growing. But that's a, that's a very important, very simple we, uh, reason we need to keep in mind, uh, young and old, why more churches? Why emphasize the church and, and being at church and coming to church? Because it shows God's great wisdom to his creation. And then down in verses 20 and 21, churches 
are. The church is the showplace for God's glory. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory where? In the church, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I, I've said this a few times. I love it when the Bible tells us when to say amen. Amen. The church. Jesus gave the Great Commission uh, 2,000 years ago, and it goes around the world globally, and it comes down through the ages chronologically. And it's just as pertinent today as it was back then. Amen? Amen. It says it right there. Another thing about the strength of these ropes that you hold for your missionaries is that God is with us. Those missionaries that uh, you're holding the ropes for, uh, what you're trying to do right here, Jesus said, go, therefore, teach, you know, baptize. He said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then you remember what he said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And then, and then an amen. Look at that. The Great Commission and the church are both a, I'm going to make a new word here, amenable. Wait a minute. Amenable. It's already a word, right? Okay, forget that thought. But don't forget the thought of the Great Commission. Don't forget the thought of the church. God lifts them up in his word and in what he wants us to be doing. Uh, and he even says amen to them on two accounts there, those thoughts. You know, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says we are laborers together. That's a good thought. We're laborers together. When you're holding the rope, it, you, can, you can actually feel it. We're laborers together. You know the rest of that verse? With God. How awesome that is. Well, what's the intent of the ropes? What's the intent of the ropes? The ropes are meant to allow one person or group to assist or enable or support another person or group that is leaving their more secure area, their home, uh, or moving toward a more needy area, or entering a more dangerous area. That's, that's what these ropes do. In uh, William Carey's context, the missionary going to India, and ours today in missionary endeavors, the ropes are those support and help mechanisms that assist or allow uh, to reach the lost. Simply put, for our purposes today, the intent of these ropes that I'm encouraging you to hold, that, that uh, Andrew Fuller and William Carey talked about 230 years ago, uh, the intent of these ropes is to reach the lost, to see sinners saved, to plant churches, and to bring glory to the Lord. Now, what's the content of the ropes? What's the content of these ropes? Uh, first of all, there's a, a fear that compels us, you and me, to be involved in going or in holding the ropes for those who have gone. You say, what do you mean by fear, Brother Hall? Jude, verse 23. We, we already saw verse 22, and of some have compassion. That makes a difference. But verse 23 says, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Hmm. It's a very uh, spiritual context to be pulling people in fear out of the fire. It's exactly what we're doing when we evangelize. 
when we soul win, when we hand out tracts, when we plant churches. We want to see people saved from their sin and from hell. Look, the ropes might include and usually do include or often do include financial support. That's one of the first things that might come to someone's mind. And I, I don't want to preach on giving or, or faith promise or anything like that, but I do, I, do want, I, I do want to preach on it. I don't want to tell you to give more. I just want to give you some encouragement about it. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5, we read, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. And I would say, don't even think about giving to God money, funds, finances, until after you've given him yourself. And then the money doesn't matter. But God doesn't need my money or your money. He wants us. And, and if he has us in his will, giving isn't a problem. But we say, how much are we supposed to get? Whatever he tells you to do. Be in his will about it. Another one in Malachi 3.10. God reveals to us that the windows of heaven can be opened to us. Now, I know the context in, in Malachi 3.10. It's about the tithes. I understand that. I understand tithes are not the same as, as faith promise or, or offerings. I understand that. But the idea here is that God said, if you bring it in, I will open up the windows of heaven. Wouldn't you like to see God open the windows of heaven on your life? To tell you the truth, let me, God has opened the windows of heaven on most of us. We live in such a blessed country. Uh, I, I won't go into it too much, but I love driving around in America, even when a, a what was it, a seven hour trip took 11 hours. Uh, don't travel around Thanksgiving. No, I can't say that. You, you want to travel, but everyone else wanted to the days that we were. And uh, but even though we were just you could got I could have got out and walked as fast as we were driving for several hours. Uh, I, I told someone coming up out of Florida last week, I could have been saved three times just by reading road signs. You don't see that much in Australia. You see a little bit of it. Uh, I could get saved by reading people's bumper stickers. And we've been in some motels and restaurants that evidently are Christian-owned. They've got Bible verses on the walls and on the bench where you check in. and oh, It's wonderful. And, and uh, all the songs, the patriotic songs about the plains and the mountains and the prairies and the oceans. What a blessed country we have. And there are still vestiges of God's blessing on this country, even though many or most have turned their back on him. And, and I would encourage you, don't take it for granted. Thank him. I, I know the crown is falling. I know that, that uh, uh, America is turning her back on God. I, I, we really deserve persecution. We really deserve judgment. But, we, but every time we don't get that, every moment that we don't have that, we should thank God for his blessings and his grace and his mercy. Uh, God said, bring in and I will open the windows of heaven so much that uh, I'll pour out a blessing that there, not, there shall not be room enough to receive it. Wow. Wouldn't you like to see that? God also said in the next verse, he would rebuke the devourer. 
I'm not exactly sure what the devourer is. Uh, it could be a swarm of locusts or palmer worms or a drought or a, a, a bad wind that would take away the, the crops or something. What's the devourer in your life that devours your, your, your finances, your time, your money, your health, your satisfaction? It could, be, it could be many things. And God says, if you give, I will rebuke the devourer. What a blessing. And then I've been preaching this for many years, this verse. I, I love the thought. You might have heard me say it before in Luke 6, 38. God gives back to you and to me when we give. And the truth is that he uses people to do so. When we people give, God uses people to give back to us. You say, what are you talking about? The verse says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, right? Pressed down. And then what? And shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? And, and here's what I, what I like to conclude about this. It's a great cycle to get in on. Whether you're at the beginning of it or the end of it. Whether you're giving to someone and then uh, God is going to use someone else to give to you. Or whether you're giving to someone because they've already given to someone. You're just getting in God's plan and God's cycle there. But I used to say to people that uh, I try to always be an optimist. Uh, uh, people look at the glass and some, the pessimists say it's half empty. I used to always try to be the, the optimist. I would say it's half full in any situation. But I learned that's not the best way to be. I, I learned it might be from you, Jerry. I learned the best way to be is the psalmist. Not the pessimist, not the optimist, but the psalmist. I think it was one of your little pictures. Because the psalmist says, my cup runneth over. Amen. Anybody here, no matter what your situation is, you, you might be hurting in an area, but somewhere your cup is running over. God is so good to us. And, and when we give, God gives back to us. Hey, the ropes might include... Uh, finances, the ropes that you're holding for your missionaries, it, it might include technical assistance. Thank the Lord for people like Mr. Eric Bischoff. Thank the Lord for people like Mr. Ron Johnson. And thank the Lord twice for people like uh, Mrs. Diane Ritigliano. Woo! We jokingly, uh, we're not joking about it, are we? we? We say to her, where are your wings? Um, where's your halo? I don't, don't raise your hand because it might be embarrassing, but, I, you know, do you struggle with passwords and technical things? And, and some people just, they know how to do all that. They think binary or something. They, they know how to do digital things. You could be a blessing. You could hold the ropes that way. The ropes might include visits to the mission field. What a blessing it would be to a missionary if you were to visit them on the field. The ropes might include correspondence, care packages, uh, calls on the phone, uh, birthday cards, anniversary cards. Here's one. Turn to 3 John, please. 3 John. Just about done here. The ropes might include furlough hospitality. Why am I thinking of Fitzgerald's here? 
because I live in their underground palace <laughs> when I'm not driving the La Roche's chariot. Furlough hospitality is, is a great way to hold the ropes for your missionaries. Look at verse 5 of 3 John 1. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Take note of uh, brethren and strangers there. Uh, they're being, John's being, Gaius is being commended, I believe, here for, for um, doing something faithfully to brethren and to strangers. Well, well who are they? Uh, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom, if thou bring forward on their journey, talking about these brethren, these strangers, if you bring them forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. But how do you bring someone forward on their journey after a godly sort? You've you got to do something pretty big or generous or great. Uh, I mean... To, to be likened unto God, the adjective godly, to describe your hospitality and bringing someone forward. But, but that's, what, uh, that's a way you can hold the ropes, and that's what Gaius is being commended for here. And uh, John says, if you bring them forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. These were evangelists. These were witnesses, uh, uh, missionaries. And John concluded, we therefore ought to receive such. That's furlough hospitality. And you know what happens when you do that? You are fellow helpers to the truth, right there in verse 8. Amen. We want people to come visit us. We want people to stay in our home. We want to help people. Uh, let them use our vehicles, feed them. And, and uh, b b we want to hold the ropes for people that are going out there and serving the Lord because it helps us to be fellow helpers. You, can, you know, you can be busy doing something here at Heritage. You ought to be busy doing something here at Heritage for the Lord. And while you're here, you can also be fellow helpers with someone somewhere else. Does that verse have an amen in it? Amen. amen. All right, good. Uh, look, example is an essential rope that supporting pastors and congregations can hold for their missionaries. When we come back here and see being done here, what we're trying to do over there, what a blessing it is. It fills our sails. It, it puts wind beneath our wings. It, 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 it's just such, it's an example, and it, it's great. Evangelism. I, I don't have time to read all these notes, all these verses that I had, but Brother Bob, uh, Mashad, Brother Shahab, other people mention on Zoom uh, often that we ought to be witnesses. Uh, there, there's some verses that uh, I, I won't go through them right now. Um, let, me, let me just say this. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 17, we're a new creature, right? If, uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. In the next four verses, five times it's mentioned that that new creature is to be a witness involved in reconciling the lost to the Lord. It's right there. If you're a new creature, if I'm a new creature... If we're saved, we are meant to be witnesses reconciling the lost to the Lord. We need to be involved in evangelism. And by the way, when you're involved in evangelism, uh, right here, uh, it's a way of holding the ropes and setting an example for the missionaries that come and visit. 
supporting your pastor, respecting your pastor, loving your pastor, uh, being faithful in the ministries at church and uh, esteeming highly those uh, in leadership, uh, faithfulness to the Lord personally at home, in your family, in your, in your walk with the Lord, uh, standards in your lives of conduct and dress and, and being modest and doing things first class, doing things heartily as unto the Lord. Uh, missionaries come through here and they say, wow, that was good. And they leave with a, an example to follow. It's like holding the ropes for them. Uh, you've got a training institute here, Heritage Institute of Missions. I, I love that. Prayer is absolutely the most important rope that you could hold for a missionary serving the Lord on the foreign field or in a local church plant. So in conclusion here, Pastor Edwards once said, he said, I love closing messages. He said, I'll do it two or three times in the same message. I'm not going to do that, though. Uh, William Carey went to India, and the rest is pretty much history. God used him to become the father of modern missions. But as far as I've seen in, in my reading, it wasn't Carey who made that inspirational quote we've been talking about, holding the ropes. It was his friend and supporter, Andrew Fuller, who said it. He said it was as if Carey were going into a deep mine. And uh, he said it was as if uh, Carey said, I will go if you will hold the ropes. But, but he did say we were committed to stand by him to the death. What a faithfulness in that, that mission society. So let me encourage you to keep holding the ropes. Giving, uh, writing letters, calling, visiting, joining, praying, setting an example. Philippians 4.17 tells us that everything you saw on those uh, videos, wherever you were looking, everything that's going on in Australia, it's fruit that may abound to your account. That, that's an exciting thought. And one last thing. The theme for 2022 is generation to generation. I, I told pastor this, this afternoon, I don't like, this is like pretty extravagant for me to have a couple of ropes sitting up here doing nothing. Uh, I, I don't get into illustrations too much and, and uh, object lessons. I love it when others do it. I, I'm not bold enough, I guess. But, but here's the thing. Generation to generation. Isn't that your theme this year? That could mean parents to children taking a, a 20 or 40 year gap there, one generation to the next. It could be one believer to the next person that gets saved. That could be in a few days. One person could, could lead another person to the Lord. That's two generations right there. And that person that just got saved could, uh, uh, could grow and be trained how to do so and could lead someone to the Lord in a few days. You have three generations in a, in a few days there. But think about that idea of generation to generation. And I want you to apply it to this idea of holding the ropes for your missionaries. And I jotted down some names. I was going to ask some people to come up here and hold the ropes. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But uh, we've got uh, Pastor Carpenter here holding the rope for missionaries. And his wife. And, and Silas is here, the next generation. Amen for that. Pastor Tangerman. And there's a Daniel Tangerman. There's a Mr. Mark Bischoff. There's a... Eric Bischoff, Mr. Eric Bischoff. There's a, a Rainer Fouch. I about had a heart attack watching the, uh, the practice in here the other day. The lights were out. I, I stumbled it down the aisle and I was watching for a little bit and something grabbed me around my waist. I thought, too big for a funnel web spider. 
I thought, is it a, is it a redback uh, snake? And no, it was little Hannah Fouch. <laughs> One generation to the next. I hope Hannah becomes someone that holds the ropes. Brother and Mrs. Moyer have Dakota, and maybe there's other children there. I hope those children hold the ropes. There's a Bob Clinton Sr., there's a Bob Clinton Jr., and, and their wives. Uh, I, I could give so many names here, but there's a generation here that, that you know, just keeps going. And, and one day, we're going to join Vic, Big Vic, in glory. And others who've gone on before us. But the, the group that remains, let me encourage you. If you're five years old now, if you're three years old, if you're 15, whatever, if you can understand what I'm saying, I would encourage you to be holding the, start holding these ropes for missionaries and be holding them into the next generation for the, the glory of our God and our Savior. Would you bow your heads, please? Anybody that comes to this church and sits in this room has a very special blessing. Maybe not tonight, but at other times. God speaks to people here at Heritage Baptist Church. God moves in hearts. If I could encourage you, I would encourage you to have a soft heart that's easily moved by God. And when God speaks to you about anything, sometimes God speaks to us in ways that aren't related to the message. Sometimes the message just steps all over our toes and really grips us in the heart and maybe upsets us or, or whatever it is. Maybe it scares us. But if, if you could do something that would bless your life and your family's life, your church and the world around you, just learn to say yes at the slightest nudge of the Holy Spirit. Follow his leading. And uh, for one thought tonight, if you're holding the ropes, be encouraged to keep holding. If God's telling you to hold those ropes more tightly uh, or to do more of it, or, or maybe you're, you're going to start because you haven't been doing it, uh, that's all good. But if God's spoken to you some, about something else, uh, why not do business with him tonight? Say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. As the instruments play, we'll uh, be thinking, what is it? What is it that God's spoken to you about? Holding the ropes is a, a biblical theme. Emphasizing God's church is a biblical theme. What's God spoken to you about this evening? <laughs>